Good evening, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is Matthew Levy-Miles. If we've not met before, it's lovely to make your acquaintance. Uh, maybe you're joining us fresh online. Maybe you came for the first time ever to Metro Carols last week, and you thought, maybe I'll check these guys out. If so, big welcome to you. Um, to everyone, if you've not checked out Metro Carols yet, I would implore you. Is that a word? Have I made that up? Implore. Implore. Drop that in the comments. Implore. Anyway, uh, I would implore you to go onto YouTube, our YouTube channel, Woodlands Metro, catch up with it. The team did some phenomenal work on it. It was fantastic, truth be told, I'll be honest with you. Um, you see, I'm missing not being able to go back to Wales for Christmas. It's just coming out of me at the seams. Um, but on that, yeah, it feels a bit... It's a bit funny, isn't it? I've got to, it's the last talk before Christmas, and I feel like I normally it's like, yeah, Christmas, woo! Don't forget about Jesus when you're all so happy and excited, woo! And this time it's like, oh man, I just want to take, I want to take a big collective deep breath. I saw someone on Twitter describe it as 2020 so far has been like, you're about to cross a road and you look really carefully both ways and you get hit by a submarine. Um, <laughs> it feels like that, doesn't it? Um, but can I be honest with you? I, I, I'm going to say something, and what I'm about to say, I think, honestly, I can say this with, with, uh, with total honesty, total integrity, without any kind of televangelist, positive, powerful thinking or anything like that. Um, I think, honestly, this could end up being, despite what it feels like collectively for us, the most Christmassy Christmas that we've ever had. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm obviously doing very well this evening. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and why is that? Well, despite all the difficulties, uh, I honestly think that when everything uh, is kind of taken away from us, when uh, the stuff like the big eat, eating lots together, the, all the presents and stuff, and even stuff that is genuinely good in and of itself, like being able to be in the same room as each other, um, when that's taken away from us, sometimes it can make it clearer to us that actually Christmas, uh, what it's about, uh, it's not what you did ex expect. Uh, it's not about being together, as wonderful as that is. And um, if you've not been living under a rock for the last few days, you'll have seen that kind of the government have changed their advice and said, actually, please stay where you are. Don't go home for Christmas. You can meet up on Christmas Day. But um, doing anything other than that is, is now against the law. So it's, it's pretty heartbreaking, and it's a tough place to start for a talk. But as I said, I think this is going to be the most Christmassy Christmas there is because... Christmas is not what you might necessarily think it is. And the place where I see that really clearly in the Bible is in Luke's Gospel. So Luke's account of uh, the story of Jesus' life. Now Luke is writing, his, the audience he's writing to is uh, the Gentiles. So that's kind of Bible speak for people that weren't the religious in crowd, that weren't Jewish, weren't kind of super religious. Um, and so he kind of is perfectly happy to tell the story with warts and all um, and kind of tells us the real gritty stuff in the story. So in Luke's gospel, in the second chapter, he writes, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. 
She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Um, now, uh, the story of Christmas, there's so many different angles you can take, so many different um, characters that I could focus on. But for tonight, uh, I want to look at the story of those shepherds that we just heard about. Uh, I think there's something really interesting um, about what happens next in this chapter. So, next it says, And there were shepherds uh, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, um, basically, the shepherds have gone to work on a, I don't know, Tuesday, doesn't say, Tuesday evening. Um, and then they've seen a, a, an, an angel and then a host of angels and has told them basically the biggest announcement in the history of humanity, um, which is kind of hard for us to comprehend uh, in today's society. So I wanna, I wanna, if you come with me on my imagination train for just a moment, um, I don't know, I'm just going to picture someone at home. You're watching this, I don't know, maybe you work in a big office building, one of those big ones you see in town that in my head, like lawyers and and and, I don't know, accountants working. I don't know, I don't work in one of those buildings. Um, and you're there, and now you've got this big assignment that you need to work on. Um, you're there working late at work. Um, Julie in finance has asked for the Frankfurt numbers by midnight, and you've said, look, Julie, I've been working on the Frankfurt numbers all week. You will get them by midnight. Me and Ian from Accounts and Mergers, we're working our socks off here. We're here, it's 11.30, they're nearly done, okay? Thank you. And so you're working hard on the Frankfurt numbers, uh, you're, you're in the zone, you're writing away or accounting or lawyering away, I don't know what you do, but you're working away, you feel this tap on the shoulder and you think, oh, it's probably just Trish from accounting. But you turn around and there in front of you is a nine foot tall, glowing so bright that it hurts your eyes with wings and the halo and slightly levitating off the ground a little bit, angel, and naturally you are terrified, so what does it say? The angel says to you, do not be afraid. And I, I, if that was me, if I was in your shoes right now, I'd be thinking, who are you to tell me what to do? You're, you're the one terrifying me. Please do not, Mr. or Ms. Angel, tell me what to do at all. Um, and then, uh, to make things more terrifying and shocking, the angel then tells you, Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Uh, the, the angel then tells you the biggest announcement, the nearest PR announcement in the history of humanity. Um, and you kind of think, okay, at this point now, I'm, I'm pretty shocked. I've received the biggest news in the history of humanity directly to me uh, from a creature that up until now I thought was, uh, you know, mythical at best. Um, now would be a good time for the angel to kind of go, now look, this has been a big evening for you. I'm, this is probably going to be very, very shocking. So, but don't worry, I'm just like you. Look, I know I'm levitating off the ground. I know I'm nine foot tall. But, you know, 
It's going to be okay. Why don't we sit down? We can process this news together. We'll do some breathing exercises. And you think, okay, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to calm down now. Um, but no, then a choir of angels appears. Just like, imagine, like the whole theatre cast of Les Mis appears, but they're nine foot tall and levitating off the ground and glowing slightly. And I'm not sure that's exactly how the Bible describes it. And then they start singing, glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to all on whom God's favour rests. And, and kind of, it's a little bit shocking, but... The more I think about it, the more I think, this is crazy. You're making the biggest announcement of the history of humanity to these shepherds in the middle of the night. Not only are they nobodies, but it's the middle of the night and there's no one else around. You think that God would make the biggest announcement in the history of humanity when humanity are flipping awake. But no, it's crazy. It's, the point to me is like, Surely, God, you need to fire your PR people. They are not doing a good job of this. You know, in my head, you'd at least get some celebrities involved. I don't know, do a big you know, paid promotion on social media. God, coming into the neighborhood now. Or, you know, I don't know, like get like Beyonce. Get like Beyonce on Twitter. Like when this baby was born in a manger, you won't believe what happened next. That kind of thing, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm making it sound totally ridiculous and, and crazy um, because it is. It is totally crazy that God chose to announce himself to shepherds, uh, the people at the time who would have been considered in society as dirty, unclean. They were kind of separate away from society. They were not the in crowd. They, were, they would have been ceremonially unclean, kind of all the religious rituals of the day. They didn't follow. These, these, these were absolutely nobodies. The Bible is a book full of names. There are endless lists of people's names and family trees and generations and generations and generations. And, and, and the, the lists are pretty exhaustive. I've read the book. They get long. And these shepherds, their names are still not in the book. They are not in there. Uh, they are nobodies. And that's what shows me that it's totally Christmas. It's because it's God becoming small, becoming human, to show us how big his love is for us, for the broken. And that shows to me uh, exactly the kind of God that he is. Uh, exactly the kind of people that he's prioritizing. When um, that amazing uh, vicar in that video said, I love the poor because I am the poor. That's what Jesus was doing. When Jesus moved into the neighborhood, as the message translation of the Bible puts it, when he moved in, when he was born as a human, he was saying, I love the poor because I am the poor. Uh, I'm one of you. I'm in your brokenness. I, 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 I want to be with you. Uh, and when we have that understanding of Christmas, that actually is not the things that you might think it is, it totally changes things. And we see that God is on the side of the lonely, the oppressed, the people in tier four. He's with you. you know, that's what he's all about. And that changes everything. But at Metro, we try and be real, relevant and refreshing in everything we do. So um, I want to be totally real with you. If you come to the full understanding that Christmas isn't about um, even lots of amazing good things like being together with lots of people, but it's about God becoming small to show how big his love is. Uh, even if you fully understand that and it changes your life, it's not going to make the hard things that you're going through right now automatically get better. They might do. They might not. They might get worse. That's me being real with you. Uh, and I, I know that um, 
there are so many of us that are going to be absolutely gutted about the news about Christmas recently. You know, um, I'm not going to be able to see my little um, niece and nephew that I've by now, because of all the various lockdowns um, and regional stuff, not seen in a year and a half. And I absolutely love them to bits. And it's so gutting that I'm not going to be able to spend proper time with family this Christmas. And but it's, all of us kind of nationally are in that place. Um, but I'm aware that there's loads of us I'm in this room and watching at home. I know people that, regardless of COVID, that your Christmas this year would be incredibly difficult, regardless of what's going on. That there are people who are having to um, have a Christmas without a loved one, uh, having to, to contemplate a really serious illness, all sorts of other horrible things going on in life. Uh, and it just reminds me, you know, this time last year, um, I was back in Cardiff, back at home. We Traditionally, my friends from home, um, absolutely amazing guys. We have this kind of Christmas pub crawl on the Christmas Eve, um, on the Christmas Eve before Christmas. What other Christmas Eve is there? <laughs> um, we have this pub crawl on Christmas Eve, funnily enough. Uh, it's this night before Christmas. Anyway, um, and uh, it's this time last year, and we were at the, at the kind of the end of the evening. Most people had gone home, and there were four of us left. Um, and we were kind of walking out of the pub and walking through the little village where, which is kind of nearby where our school was. And um, there was this little kind of Church of Wales church, big old building, um, kind of old traditional, exactly what you'd expect from a church. And we were walking past, and I thought I said to the guys, I said, "Oh, they're having midnight communion right now. It'd be so nice to go and get, you know, get those Christmassy vibes going, you know, chestnuts roasting on open fire and all that. It'd feel great, wouldn't it?" And they, yeah, yeah, should we have a look? And we we kind of trundled along and notice um uh oh actually they've closed the doors and it's kind of big old traditional church so the big wooden doors that you were you know um i don't know what means but very tall um that you would expect from a church uh and they were bolted closed so we kind of like oh well that's a bit annoying we stood in the porch of this church and that's a bit annoying oh i guess maybe next year we'll we'll see what happens (laughs) lol we did not um (laughs) And uh, all of a sudden, one of, my, one of my friends starts getting quite emotional and says, oh, man, I just really wanted this church to be open. Uh, I really, really wanted to make it to this service. And he's getting visibly upset and kind of uh, getting a bit confused. And he said, my mum would have really, really appreciated me going. Um, and then he kind of reveals to us that his mum had very recently passed away. And kind of up until that point, none of us knew. And um, so kind of dutifully as the friends we were, we went, right, well, we're going into this church service then. And kind of just open these massive doors, kind of walk into this packed church. Everyone kind of just very much like turns and what's going on here. These big kind of four rugby playing lads coming straight out of the pub into the church. And we kind of sit down in a pew. Um, and whilst everything's going along, we, it must have been a bit of a picture, but we all held hands and we just cried together. And we, we just sat with our friend who was having to contemplate the first Christmas without his mum. And we just wept. And there, there weren't any um, wise words. There was no feel-good moment. We just cried with our friend. We just sat with him. Uh, and we just took in, this is an awful situation. And for me, in that moment, there wasn't a sense of, wow, yeah, great, now we've, you know, we've met with God and, uh, you know, my, my, the friend in question, not a regular churchgoer or anything like that at all, but 
there, there wasn't a sense of like, oh yeah, great, now we've had this experience of God, and now we've got this comfort that's going to keep us going. There wasn't that at all. But for me, at least, there was the realization and understanding that that is the exact place that God wants to meet us at Christmas. That that's the world that Jesus is stepping into as he's being born. Jesus is born into a world where he himself would experience losing loved ones. Where he himself would be physically tortured. Where he himself would be ridiculed and bullied and abused. And so those are the people that he's come for. Now, it can be helpful for us and great for us to understand that. To have that understanding on a deep level that in whatever we're going through, whether it feels big or feels small, um, that Christmas is about God stepping into our own world, into our own suffering, our own hurt. But actually what's even better is, is if we understand that and, and do something with it. If we act on it. And that's what the shepherds do in this story. So it says, when the angels had left them, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen which were just as they had been told for the shepherds despite the circumstances they found themselves in right at the bottom of the pile of society last in the lunch line they go We've heard this, this good news. We've had this experience. And what they didn't do was say, do you know what? Do you remember that Christmas a few years ago when there was the, the whole big angel thing? Well, really, angel? You know, and then the choir and glory in the highest. Oh, yeah, was that 2017? No, I think that was 2018. No, do you know what? There's none of that. And they didn't, they didn't look back and go, yeah, well, we, we were given this word from God about the location of the Messiah. But, uh, you know, really, truth is subjective. So, you know, there's no one universal claim to the location of babies. So, you know, each to their own. We'll just leave you to that. They went after it. Physically, in this case, they went after the baby Jesus. And they had an encounter that was life-changing for them. And that led them to then go off and tell everyone they know about it. And for us, there's an extra incentive that makes it easier that we know who that baby went on to become. We spoke about how Christmas is not what you'd quite expect. And it's exactly the same for the rest of Jesus' life. Because in achieving the greatest victory in the history of humanity, uh, victory over death, Jesus does it by being naked, ridiculed, tortured, murdered on a cross. It's not what you'd expect. And that's the story that we know. And it might be that hearing that, hearing the connection from Christmas right through to the cross, uh, maybe you're, you're new to church, you're still figuring this all out. Maybe you think, I'm really not sure. I, it doesn't all add up. Um, and I'm not here to tell you what to think. Um, you can believe whatever you want. Um, if you find some of what I've said helpful, then great. But I would say, if something in you thinks, I don't think I agree with him, but... There's something in me that wants to explore a little bit more. 
um, then do that. Speak to someone that you know, maybe that um, invited you along to Metro or message our page and just say, do you know what, I've, I've got some questions. Um, and a great way to do that, to explore that, is the Alpha course. So on the 20th of January, we're starting our new kind of term of the Alpha course. It's going to be all online um, in the evenings. And basically what Alpha is, it's a really, really informal way to ask questions uh, about faith, about Christianity, about Jesus. Uh, and there's no question too big or small or too challenging. No one's going to try and prove you wrong or anything like that. It's a really open space. So what will happen is gather on Zoom. There'll be a short kind of talk explaining one aspect. So some questions like, who is Jesus? Why did he die? Um, those kinds of things. Uh, and it's incredibly well produced, all kind of amazing. We've got the presenters going to locations all over the world and showing you different things. And then you'll discuss it with other people who are in the same boat as you. So do check that out if you're new to faith or anything like that. But equally, if you've been around church like me for most of your life, or you've been around for a few years, um, and you're kind of thinking, yeah, I know, I've heard this Christmas story before. Um, and for me, even like preparing this talk, I felt a little bit like that, just a bit like, oh, yeah, I know, I've heard the flipping Christmas story before. Um, but my challenge to you would be, yeah, you've heard the good news. Yeah, you've heard, you might have had the, well, not quite the experience of a choir of angels, but I mean, it'd be great if you did. But um, you've had an experience of hearing the good news and taking it in. But are you taking it forward? Uh, are you running to find that baby Jesus? Are you shouting to everyone else that you know about it? What could the next step for you be? Now, I don't know what your life is like. Maybe um, if I met you and I didn't know you, would it be obvious to me that you are following Jesus? Maybe, maybe not. What can you do that would make that obvious? What can you do that would um, be a step forward in your own life of faith? Christmas is not about the things that you might expect, even the good things. Remember, it's about God becoming small to show how big his love was. I'm going to pray whilst the band come up. So uh, if you're at home, uh, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. So maybe you want to kind of close your eyes just for a moment. No one's going to um, do anything weird. Don't worry. I mean, we can't at least because you're at home. You're on a screen. Um, so I'm going to pray um, and just ask God's spirit for help for all of us. And then we're going to go into another song of worship just to end. So God in heaven. Thank you so much that you are a humble God, that you, you didn't need to um, do a giant press announcement. Uh, you, you didn't need to come as a, as a superhero. You came as a small, vulnerable baby to show how big and strong your love is. I pray for all of us that, like the shepherds, we would be able to take a step forward, that we'd be able to follow after what we've heard, that we wouldn't just hear the good news and kind of let it be, but God, that we would seek out after you, King Jesus. In your wonderful name, amen.